with the fact that we are his ambassadors. Amen. That's what we talked about last week. We, we addressed some of the misconceptions that we have as Christians. Um, we uh, talked about the misconceptions that non-believers have about Christians. Some of it rightfully so. Amen. And some of the things that we need to change about our approach and the way we interact with the world. And we talked about um, people's misconceptions about God and how it's our uh, job, so to speak, or our call that as ambassadors for him, we accurately represent who Christ really is. Like, will the real Jesus please stand up and it be us? (laughs) So, Father, this morning we ask, Lord, that you would help us to be your representatives. We pray that she would give us courage, but more than anything, we pray that you would give us your heart for the lost, Lord God, your heart for the world. We thank you, Lord, that, that you have changed our lives. And as we sang today, that, that you are desiring to reach so many. And we ask, Lord, that you would equip us We ask, Father, that you would help us to lay down our lives so that you can work through us and that we can have the joy and the privilege and the honor and the excitement of extending your hand to this world that you love so very much, Lord God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So last last week, we kind of laid a foundation, and this week is just a very practical week about what does it really look like to be his ambassador, and what are some creative ways that, that we can share Christ in our everyday life and, and just in being who we are and, and carrying his name. So this is actually called Rock Your World, uh, title of this message, and it's just literally ways to share your faith. So today is a little more of sharing some stories that that God has has uh, I has so uh, graciously opportunities that God has given me to to share His love with others and practical ways to do that. So we're I have an acrostic here that says rock and notice that it says rock your world. You know there's organizations that rock the world, right? We have all the the world relief, we have, you know, uh care, we have all kinds of groups that rock the world. But guess what? There is a a factor that is your world. You know, you your world consists of your family, your world consists of where you work, your world consists of your church, your circle of friends. Your world is where you have the most influence. You know, you can write a check and send it to a an organization, but but your world is where you have the very most influence. So how do we influence our world for Christ? And the first thing that I have under this acrostic for R is the is righteousness. 
Now, I'm not talking about self-righteousness, because self-righteousness is one of the problems that our world has experienced from the church, and and it's been a detriment, not a help, and that is self-righteousness, that I am, the Pharisees had a problem with self-righteousness, and and self-righteousness is basically uh, a condemning spirit. It's looking down on, on people that don't get it, you know, the, the way you think that they should. And so, so God is calling us to personal righteousness, which is basically living with character and integrity in our lives, uh, living right pretty much. Now, what does this have to do with evangelism exactly? Well, You know, one of the biggest arguments that you hear from non-Christians is, oh, Christians are a bunch of hypocrites. And, you know, we, we, we hear that and we go, oh, people say we're a bunch of hypocrites. And I'm like, well, well, are we or aren't we? Amen. So, so, uh, we need to make a decision in our lives that we're going to live a life that's worthy of carrying the name of Jesus Christ in our lives, that we uh, are always going to do the right thing. Now, don't hear me say this morning that you have to be perfect or you better just not ever share Jesus with anybody because, you know, half, you know the, whole, the reality is, is that we need a Savior just as badly as the world that's never had an encounter with Jesus. However, you know, the word says don't have anything in your life that causes someone to stumble, to stumble. So what does that exactly look like? Well, it looks like when everyone else, ladies, are are gossiping, you're not involving yourself in that conversation. You know, at work, you're just not, you know, you're not, you know, your silence is going to speak volumes when you're not jumping in. And, and it's tempting sometimes. It it's kind of makes you feel good to rag on somebody else a little bit or to talk bad about someone else. But I want to say that people are watching you. The scrutiny that is on our lives as Christians in the workplace, in our neighborhood, wherever we are, is, is like a magnifying glass. So when you don't jump in on that conversation, it's speaking volumes. You don't even have to say one word, and you've already spoken volumes by simply doing what's right. When you don't engage in profanity, you know, my brother-in-law won someone that he worked with to the Lord, and he said, this, this co-worker said, you know what I notice the most about you? You don't swear. You don't use profanity. That seems like a little thing, but it caught, his righteousness caught the attention of a coworker. <clears throat> when you guys uh, don't laugh at a, an off-color joke at work, when you just simply, you know, didn't think that was funny, you know, it speaks volumes, righteousness. So having nothing in our lives that causes someone else to stumble, and I just want to say, you know, we can, we can pick apart the law and, and, you know, get into a religious spirit if we're not careful. And that's not ex- at all what I'm talking about today. But what I'm talking about this morning is be obedient. Just be obedient to what God is speaking to you in your life. It might not be, God might speak something different to me that I need to obey in my own life than you do. I remember years ago, Tom and I, after we were saved for a few years, we were still having a drink of wine with, with dinner, you know? And for some, 
That is fine, but God convicted us of that because I'll tell you why. We started having people in our lives that we ministered to that had major issues with alcohol. And so God was calling us into a place of of leading. They were following us, okay? So if people are following you, you better make sure you're walking in the right direction and you're leading in the right direction. So we decided that we were going to remove that from our life because those people's lives were more important to us than having a glass of wine. You know, you, I mean, you, you know, scripturally, you wouldn't, I don't want to get into this whole discussion, but you know, I mean, you could have a glass of wine, but, but God was saying for us, right. you may not, others may, you may not. And so it wasn't a big deal. We obeyed. So be obedient to the work of righteousness that God wants to uh, impart into your life. Having a good work ethic is a great testimony of righteousness in your life. It's a great testimony to Jesus. I believe that, that Christians should be the best employees that anyone could ever hire. I believe they should get to work early. I believe they should stay late if they need to. I believe they should be on time. I believe they should work hard. I believe they should be a team player. I believe they should care about other people's success when they work. And it's a testimony to Jesus when you, when you uh, are a good, hard worker. Amen? Yes. Amen? Honesty is a big issue. You know, there's not a lot of honesty in our society right now. Amen? <laughs> so I can remember one time I was at, at uh, one of those grocery stores where to save money you bag your own groceries and everything. And I bagged my own groceries and I went out to the car and I still, and, and I emptied out the cart and there was a greeting card that I didn't scan. I didn't pay for it. So I went back into the store it was like a dollar fifty, you know. Stood in line, long line, and paid the dollar fifty for my greeting card. And the older gentleman behind me said, "Well, that's something you don't see every day," because he heard me say, "Oh, I, I, you missed scanning this." And I said to him, "Well, you know." I know God sees everything, and it's more important to me that I please him than that I sacrifice the time and the money to come back in here. And, and so for a split second, I got to turn his eyes up to the living God and made him think for a minute, wow, God sees everything we do, and wow, she's serving the Lord, you know, etc. So, so living a righteous life. Secondly, I have under R is relationship. And I want to say that it's so important for you to build relationships in your daily life with your neighbors, with the people you work with. Be a good friend to someone. And by doing that, we, I, I mentioned last week, we earn the rite of passage into people's lives by loving them and being a friend and being, uh, being a great neighbor, you know, being a good neighbor, being a good friend, being a team player. And so I, I kind of look at it as, you know, your relationships, you're like, I, I look at it as like kind of building this bridge, and then you can, you can, uh, you can drive a gospel train over that bridge, you know, eventually, right? But starting out by, by caring and loving and being there without, you know, coming in and 
banging down the door and kicking in the door with the gospel, but just starting out being a friend. You know, we've lived in four different homes since we've been married, and two out of those four, I've led our next-door neighbor to the Lord. Like, I mean, the full-fledged praying the prayer. They're serving God now, and what a joy. But I started out by just being their neighbor, you know, just being their neighbor, just loving them and, and caring about them and being a good friend. Amen? Okay, under the, the O, we have opportunities. And I think this is so, probably one of the, well, they're all really important, but, you know, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He is standing at the door of people's hearts, and he's knocking, and we have to be able to hear the knock. You know, there, it, it's kind of like a, like a metal detector. If you will give yourself to this, you will embark on the most exciting adventure ever. Because it's almost like a metal detector when you come across someone and you're, you're geared for this. Your antennas are up. Your life is geared to, I am looking for God to use me today. And, you, and you're around someone, whether it be a waitress or a clerk or something, and suddenly you just feel like, I'm hearing the knock on this person's heart. God, Jesus is knocking on this person's heart, and here I am. Amen? Here I am. What am I going to do with that? But the problem is busyness. The problem is is that we wake up in the morning, and I'm a list person. I have my list, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm such a check things off of my list, that if I do something that wasn't on my list, I will actually write it on my list so that I can check it off. Is there anyone else at the, oh, Jasmine, I knew we were good. Yeah, you know it. Okay, so I'm not a phlegmatic, wake up in the morning and go, Holy Spirit, whatever you want for me today. No, I'm a person that wakes up and I'm like, okay, write it down. This is what I'm going to do. But I've learned the excitement of being the person that wads up the list and throws it away when I hear the knock and I hear God knocking and here I am. Amen. Amen. So we're always in a hurry. We always have our agendas and not only do we not hear the knock, but we don't see We don't see the people around us. And I have a poem that I wrote a while ago. I'd like to read it to you this morning that addresses this. I wrote it a really long time ago, but I'd like to read it. It's called My Every Day. Is that right? (laughs) Okay. My walk was brisk on the crowded street. Once again, a lunch hour with no time to eat. Seeing my watch, I'd have just enough time to make my last stop if there wasn't a line. The buses were snorting, the clocks told their toll, the cars kept on creeping, their slow, steady roll. The hats, without faces, all went their own way. A familiar scene. This was my every day. It was then, as I hurried back to my job, that her face caught my eye through the scurrying mob. I must hurry back. My time's more than gone. But her face held me steady. I couldn't go on. Her eyes showed years of sorrow seen. But the rest of her face looked 17. Her face told a story of trouble 
and trial. She was numb, an old woman, but really a child. And time to her couldn't go too fast. And a sunset to her meant a day finally passed. And I, with my watch ticking madly away, was running and rushing in my every day. I wanted to stop, but what could I say? Lovely weather we're having or such a nice day. Oh, I'll give her a smile while passing by, but my face just stayed frozen as hard as I tried. And as I walked back, a bit slower now, the hats all began growing faces somehow. And from every face, a story would rise, and a tale could be told from each person's eyes. And I thought of the time that I valued so dear that I'd wasted while running far and near. And I made my mind quiet, not thinking a word, And the beat of God's heart was the ticking I heard. Amen. Well, God is calling us, and he's giving us opportunities. And John 4.35 says, I say to you, Luke, this is Jesus, I lift up your eyes and look. He's saying, he's saying, just lift up your eyes and look. Because the fields, they are already ripe for harvest. So we need to look and we need to listen. So what does the knock sound like? What does the field look like? We were at National Convention in in, uh, Pittsburgh recently. And uh, that's where people from all over the nation uh, that are in our open Bible movement come and have a convention and uh, I was having breakfast with another pastor's wife, and the waitress, the waitress had been waiting on us, you know, the same girl on, the whole, on, on our whole uh, convention all week long. And it was our last day there, and she goes, I'm so sorry to see you, your group go. She said, your group has just been so nice and so generous and kind, and, uh, and uh, so I'm hearing the knock. Amen? I'm hearing the knock. And so I said to her, well, that's about the best thing I would ever want to hear. And I said, I said, do you have any particular spiritual base in your life? It's a good question. It's a good leading question to simply, you're not saying, are you a Christian? Do you know where you're going if you die tonight? You know, you're just simply casually say, do you have any particular spiritual base? Or do you have any particular spiritual belief in your life? And she goes, and Bam. You know, she said, well, she goes, I, I received Christ years ago. And she said, and my husband and I were married for many years, and he, he just up and left me with another woman. Then she had a terrible experience with the church she was in because they, they were very legalistic, and they wouldn't let her, uh, you know, they right away told her, you'll never be able to marry again, or, you know, all this stuff. And, and so she just, you know, she just walked away. She walked away from the Lord because of a terrible pain that had happened in her life, in her life, and then terrible pain that had happened, on, I'm sad to say, in her church. And I said to her, I said, God has not finished writing your story yet. 
And she said, but I drink now and I smoke now. And I said, he is not finished writing your story yet. I just kept saying that. I said, but you need to give him the book back. I said, give him the book back so he can start writing some more in your life and leading you and directing you. He has good things for you. Right in the restaurant, me and my friend stood up. I said, would you mind if we prayed for you? And she's crying. I would love for you to pray for me. And we just took, I just took her in my arms and prayed for her. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if she's like right there yet, but I heard the knock. And she's on her way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Opportunity. It's all around us. If we, will, if we will be listening and looking every day, everywhere. People are hurting. People are hungry. People are, you know, they're, they're, it's just everywhere, you know. It's like, God, open our eyes and unplug our ears. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, organized outreach. I don't need to talk to you guys about organized outreach. I mean, you guys, okay, I, seriously, you, you have got it going. But let me say this. There is outreach out there, and there is outreach in here. Okay? So, so outreach out there is the events and the, everything that you do amazingly. Okay? But what about outreach in here is reaching out in here. And I just want to say this. You walk in, there's a coffee bar, Amber's back there, have a muffin, have some coffee. It's so great. You know, I mean, it's just, yay, you know, and, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. But I just like everybody to raise your right hand and repeat after me. I am, I am. an official member of the greeting team. Okay, there you go. And there you go. <laughs> you got that? Okay. And here's the training. I'm so glad to see you today. It doesn't matter, like, if they've never been here before or that they are here every single week, you know. We, we, uh, we drove this home when we were pastoring. We pastored at, a, you know, the same church for many, many years. And, uh, and I would literally, if somebody, we had greeting time, you know, where everybody just, but what I was seeing is that it's kind of a private party, you know, it's like, you know, the music's playing, it's greeting time, and then the visitor who's never been here before is standing in the back of the church, and they're not invited to that party, <laughs> you know, they're just standing back there, so I would literally grab people and like, you know, I... Uh, George, could you go back there? And, and that person's all by themselves. I don't think they've ever been here before. And, you know, I'd grab somebody else and I'd go, I go, hey, because so, right away I'm looking to the back, you know, because that's where, you know, visitors kind of linger in the back. And, uh, and so we'd be just grabbing people. And pretty soon it was just became the, the DNA of the church. And it, and it was so, such a, every single person would be greeted and asked how they are, showed, you know, it's etiquette when someone comes to your house. You know, you, you don't just sit on your couch and yell, come on in, you know, it's, you, you know, <laughs> well, you might, 
But, you know, you go to the door, can I get you a drink? The bathroom's here. Oh, your kids, you know, and, and direct them. And, and I know you're good at it, but I just want to give it an extra little boost, you know. And it was so cool because I, I was uh, speaking at, at New Life a few weeks ago, and I was in the restroom, and the, a woman greeted me and said, oh, I'm welcome. You know, what's your name? And I'm like, my name is Nancy Rupley, you know. And she's like, well, we're so glad you're here today. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, yes. Yes, I was so excited. I was like, yes, I love it. So it was awesome. Okay, C, we've got compassion. Compassion and comfort, actually. Compassion for the lost. Matthew 9, 36 says, But when he saw the multitudes, this is Jesus again, he was moved with compassion. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And this, and it says Why? Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. There are weary sheep. And Jesus was moved with compassion because he knows the wolves are after them and they can't find their path and they're not being fed and they're just wandering aimlessly. No guidance. And people are trying to find their way in the darkness, and we are the light of the world. And it's up to us to lend a hand. But sadly, sometimes what I hear from from Christians at large is more disgust than compassion. Compassion for those that have a broken heart. Life is full of disappointments. And pain. You know, I was, I was driving down the road one day and looking at all the cars, and I thought, on this road, I was on Secor Road, I thought, on this road, there are cars, maybe, you know, I don't know how many, but of people who are going through some kind of absolute intense heartache and trauma, and, you know, right, right here, everywhere. We go. We had a next door neighbor who was, uh, she was in charge of, um, well, actually, she founded this uh, organization called ACES, which this was back in the 70s. And it, it, she ended up like going to standing before Congress, and it was all about getting support for women, you know, child support from deadbeat husbands. And she had two two teenage boys, and she lived on, I don't know, probably $10,000 a year from this foundation. She gave her life to this thing. And she was about this tall, and she ended up standing before Congress and all that. And one one day, uh, we were reading the newspaper, and the Blade had brought these seething charges against her. Like that she was taking money from the, you know, from the organization. Well, we knew her. You know, we knew her. And, and it just, I, I thought she just must be devastated. You know, she's like a strong, okay, you know, we are polar opposites politically, polar opposites in philo- philosophy, everything, you know. But my heart was just breaking because I knew how hard she worked and it was her whole life. And then this huge scathing article about her. So I don't know what to do except bake cookies because that's what I, I, you know, I like to bake cookies. I make really good cookies. So I thought I, I'm just going to take her a plate of cookies, you know. 
So I took her a plate of cookies, and I said, Jerry, I, am, I read the article, and I said, Tom and I are so sorry that, that this happened to you. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. And I'm thinking, what? that was dopey. That was just like, okay, whatever. But you know what that did? It, it touched her heart. It touched her heart that I had compassion and thought about how her heart was breaking and took her some cookies. And what that did was opened up a whole relationship with us. She would come over on our front porch and pour out all her issues. And I would just listen and, and, you know, share love with her and talk a little bit about Jesus. She knew who we were, what we do. She knew we were Christians. So we moved and years later, we got this invitation in the mail and it ended up that they actually did a movie of her life, a made-for-TV movie of her life, because she ended up totally changing the laws of the land. I mean, she was instrumental. And we get this invitation to go to the premiere of this, and it's a dinner. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, my word, how awesome. So we go to this dinner, mayor, congressmen, senators, you know, all these people. And she gets up and says... Um, you know, thanking this person, that person. She said, but I never could have done what all that I did without the love and support of two people. And that was my next door neighbors, Tom and Nancy Rupley. And I'm like, who, what? <laughs> you, talk, you talking to me? <laughs> and, you know, kindness and compassion you know, doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. British theologian Frederick Faber, I have no idea who he is, but this is a really great quote, says, kindness has converted more sinners than zeal, eloquence, or learning. Amen? So if you think, I don't know the word well enough, you know, bake some cookies, you know. I mean, just... Get in the kitchen, girlfriend, and make some cookies, you know. And guys, just start swinging that hammer, you know. I, can, I know how to fix the car. I can, sw- I can fix this. I can fix that. What's your gift? What's your gift? God gave you a gift for a reason. Use it to bless. Amen? Just use it to bless. Repair somebody's car. Something. Amen? All right. Kindness and compassion. Evangelism doesn't have to be hard. And we talked a lot last week about it doesn't have to be weird, okay? doesn't have to be weird. All it is is love. It's love. And I love Luke 4 that says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. He's anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. That doesn't just mean preach in word. It means preach in your life. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent us to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I wrote a song 
years ago, and I'd love it if Tom would just sing it, because <laughs> he can sing way better than I can, so, so you'll be really glad that I wrote the song, and he's going to sing the song right now, but it's all about exactly what I shared with you this morning, and it's all about how we are his ambassadors We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us, beseeching, pleading. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That God is wanting us to be saying to all of those who have this great big huge father deficit in their life, To say, the Father, you have a heavenly Father whose arms are open wide waiting for you. I I beg you, come with me. I beg you, let me take you to him through Jesus. Amen. Because people are everywhere that are ready. And Jesus is knocking at their door. And we have to listen and be able to hear the knock and see the fields. Amen. Just want you to think about your world as I sing this song. trying to find truth in a world of lies let me sing that again you don't have to go very far to find someone who's crying to find someone who's trying to find truth in a world of lies Someone with a need right next door. Take some time to plant a seed. You see the world that Jesus talked about, the world that he died for. It isn't just a nation far away. The world is right next door. Try very hard to find someone who's losing because things are confusing in the dark. You can give them light right next door. Now there is someone with a need right next door. Take some time to plant a seed. You see the world that Jesus talked about, the world.
died for It isn't just that nation far away The world is right next door The world is right next door about your world for a minute. Remember with George when he told the kids about the pizza? I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Because the Lord wants to speak to our eyes. I want you to look at your world. Who is right next door to you? Who's living in your home with you? Who's living in your apartment building with you? working with who lives in the house right next to us rock your world brother rock it sister come on rock your world people come and go in our lives God brings them as He pleases So we can show them Jesus And the path that leads to life Right next door There is someone with a need Right next door So take some time to plant the seed You see the world that Jesus talked about The world that He it isn't just the nation far away The world is right next door The world is right next door The world is right next door Can you see that person? Maybe it's that little kid that lives next to you Maybe it's that guy whose life's all been busted up. Who knows what? Maybe it's that little girl. Maybe it's that old lady. Maybe it's your parent. Who knows? The world is right next door. right next door. Come on, here in Toledo. The world is right next door, right here in West Toledo. The world is right next door. Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to close in saying this, and that is just go forth in the name of Jesus and let the fragrance of Christ that resides in you be diffused in every place. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nancy and Tom. Would you guys stay up here? We got just something uh, that we did for you. You want to share about it? Oh. Yeah. Um, Proverbs 11.30 says that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. So we asked uh, Savannah, she does hand lettering oh, to make you nice. this picture. It says she who wins souls is wise. Oh, so thank, thank you, you for so that. Much. And a, wow. So awesome. we just want to thank, thank you. you guys for, Thanks. you've been here.
several times this past month, and we honor you. We love you guys, both of you so much. We love you. Before you guys go, and before we close the service, um, I've been encouraged and stirred in what Tom and Nancy have shared with us. Um, I've known these guys for a long time, and their life has been consistent um, for decades. Um, And they carry not just uh, what they've pressed in for and worked out in in the flesh and, and just the day-to-days of, of this. But when you work things out like that, there is a, there is a spiritual weight. You know, when you, when you churn cream, it turns into butter, right? So they have turned what is just all of us can, can find cream, but they, they have churned it into an anointing. And the scripture talks about, um, in, in Romans, in, in Timothy, it talks about uh, this impartation that we, uh, it, it ta- you know, um, Paul told Timothy, he said, remember that impartation, use this gift from when, when the elders gathered and prayed around you, they imparted you spiritual giftings. Yeah. So here's the thing, uh, Tom and Nancy, although um, they have, they have, they have worked towards this, but there has been an anointing that has been, has been drawn from heaven. And you know what? Here's, here's the, the interesting thing. Moses had an encounter with God, and, and it, 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 he worked on that relationship, but he handed it off freely to Joshua, right? He got to, he got to take what Moses had worked for. He got it for free and got to take it much farther. And so Tom and Nancy, would you guys pray for us? Uh, would you pray for, I, I, I want to ask you guys, if, if, if Tom and Nancy's word or, if, or if how they've lived their life and Nancy's word bears witness with you and you say, I want that, uh, right now we're just going to open this up and if you guys would, would you, would you pray for us? And Caleb, you want to throw on some music and, you know, we're just going to close the service this way. Um, you know, if you've got to go, if you've got to get your kids, be blessed, but if you want uh, what they have. We're just going to open up this front, and as long as it takes, we're just going to pray uh, and ask God for what they have, and they are going to impart what they have by faith uh, through just praying for you and laying their hands on you uh, to give you everything that they have. Amen? Amen. Caleb, go ahead and put some music on, and feel free to come on up.